This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli has made the great trek here this morning. Uh, you can text the show on 81215, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the radio, email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Morning, boys. Morning. Good morning. Now, I, there might be some problems with my... Um, voice early on because the bloke I got a car in this morning and the bloke was um, from the West Midlands and I could feel myself go boy boy got about a mile in I'm going oh what's happening with the baggies they were blowing it are they (laughs) and I've got to get myself back out of that now so um, I might not sound as posh yeah as I normally do okay speaking of posh where was I yesterday where I was at the Royal Enclosure at Ascot. Oh, my goodness. I had the top hat. The full the, thing? The full, yeah. It's like, it's like a... It's a bit like a massive fancy dress party where the theme is posh. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to do that, you know. You have to, you have to yeah. wear... And they're quite strict on it. Oh, they're very... Remember a friend of mine ran into a bit of bother? Oh, yes. We got a, a slightly comical... Uh, uh, they, they went. They, they, he got a comical top hat. Um, uh, Emily's he friend. He brought it just because he thought, oh, as long as I've got something. Yeah. And uh, then he was told it it just wouldn't do. Really? So he was sent to the top hat shop. Oh, okay. On site. Yes. Like it's a. a, po- it's a- <laughs> Pop up shop, and I think they cost about two grand. Like a sort of baked potato van at a festival. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was. Um, I was. Uh, I, when I went to Toronto, because you know you have to, you hire basically, yes. and um, we asked about um, buying. I wasn't going to, but um, and they said, "Well, we can do you a decent one, like you know, for, they're not all like massively expensive. We can do you one for like two thousand two hundred." I said, "Okay." Did you say my my son's painted uh, some cereal? box cardboard black and made a sort of hoop of it. I mean, well, a- my, my son, of course, is an Alice Cooper fan, so a top hat in the house, I'm not saying it won't be used. <laughs> and did you go the full morning dress? Oh, absolutely full everything. We get a little note like, um, you, you, you supply your own tight, no novelty, it said. <laughs> so, yeah, it's not the place for the Homer Simpson tie or anything like that. But um, no, you know what? It was a cracking day out, I must say. I, um, but I noticed the jacket. I don't know what you call those jackets with a bit of a tail. It's like a the frock coat. coat. Is it a morning coat? Okay. I had that on, and on the way in, I just thought I'm, I'm so, the wallet was slightly spiling the lump, like a lump, and slightly spiling the Most line. Most people aren't used to carrying wallets. That's what. <laughs> well, on the way back, um, it looked great. And that might give you an inclination of what kind of day I had betting. Because uh-huh. <laughs> I took cash. I thought, I don't. I want to be oh. like in the films when you throw down <laughs> cash and say, yeah, yeah, put it on, um, whatever it was. I'm worried, Frank, that you looked a bit, oh, I'm getting married in the morning. Uh, it was an element of that, certainly, <laughs> yeah. There's one of my favourite stage directions in the whole of um, musicals. I, if, I've got the script of My Fair Lady, and there's a bit where um, Alfred Doolittle, who's an, a ne'er-do-well, finds out that his daughter is holed up with this uh, posh bloke across town, mm. and he says, I need to investigate this, and he says, Doolittle leaves like a man on his way to El Dorado. <laughs> So yeah, it was a bit like that. But you know what? I got like a when you get when you go into your your private box bit. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. um, I had a private box. It's like being David Blaine, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you you check your hat in when you walk in. There's a there's a big. Ra- I wish I could have took a photo. There was just mm-hmm. a, a shelving full of top hats with little numbers in them. So you get your right hat back. Yeah. I wouldn't want anyone to get my hat. Um, oh, I should tell you about the hat. Can I tell you one last thing? This is, I met George Osborne was there, former Chancellor of the Exchequer, right? And, and he approached me. Oh. And 
I don't know if I, if you'd have given me a hundred guesses at what he was the first thing George I've never met before the first thing he was going to say to me was I would never have got you George Osborne said I love your poetry podcast <laughs> Frank Jonesy, 73, has been in touch, oh, yeah. commenting on a lovely picture of you that's on Twitter and says the boy from Oldbury has done all right for himself. Well, it did feel... I mean, if if my old man, who had a bet six days a week and had... This one won't mean much to many of you, but he had 10 5p doubles, 10 5p trebles and a 10 pence roll-up. It's not big money, let's put it that way. Mm. Uh, if he'd have known that I was going to be... Um, having a long chat with Steve Cawthon, who was like a star jockey at the time. He would be uh, an excited bloke, I must say. So that was lovely. And what about when I went to Ascot, and in exchange for my seat, my box seat, I had to sort of do an interview about fashion, I seem to remember. Okay. Yeah, but they put it on the the bit they put on the loudspeaker was when the woman said, and are you a big, are you a big horse fan? I said... Do you know I hate horses? Oh, God. <laughs> and someone came up to me and said, are you that woman that said I hate horses? <laughs> well, there was a woman there who saw another woman in the same dress, and I thought this was a great way of handling it. She went over and said, can I have a selfie with you? And took a photo of her in the same dress. But I said, if I do that with everyone who's dressed the same as me, <laughs> it's going to take up the whole day. But when I went to the, uh, you know, I've got a big head. I can't possibly comment. A wardrobe woman uh, once said to me, she said, "I've been I've been working in television for forty years." She said, and uh, the biggest <laughs> heads are Benny Hill and then you. <laughs> I said, thank you. So proud to be on that league table. Uh, a silver to hill. And she'd worked with the elephant man. Oh, no, she hadn't. Right. And I'm um, sorry. Um, I, I meant the film. And uh, so, so I had to get to this shop, um, which was uh, very uh, nice. And it's called uh, Oliver Brown. Is that, you know? Oh, yes, I'm familiar. And I thought they'd all be super posh in there. They're actually really sort of, you know, nice. Mm. Not that posh necessarily means not nice, but there was stuff in there like I saw some top hat polish. <laughs> I didn't know that existed. I mean, the only person I can ever imagine using that is Lord Snooty. <laughs> well, it is, it's got a Lord Snooty. It's impossible to put it on. And also, when I first looked at myself in the mirror, in the top hat and the thing, I thought, really, what I want is the waistcoat to be a sort of peanut bodice so I'd look like Mr Peanut <laughs> from the planters. <laughs> and the other thing at the shop, they had, I said, um, they gave me the top hat and the waistcoat, and I said, um, where's the monocles? <laughs> and he said, what, what do you mean? I said, you don't get... I thought you'd have a selection of yeah. monocles to wear for the day. And no... Oh. I like the way you keep referring to it as the shop. <laughs> like it's the corner it felt, shop. It felt like the shop. <laughs> anyway, they got the hat and we were on by now. I said, look, I'm going to tell you from the off, I've got a big head, it's going to be problematic. <laughs> and they said, oh, don't worry, it really, honestly, it won't be a problem. So by the time we'd reached eight and a half in the hat... <laughs> And there was this terrible moment where I sort of crossed the great, uh, I, across the great divide, oh. where I put on a hat that just sat on the top of me, uh, like like I looked like a, like I was some sort of novelty air freshener, <laughs> <laughs> and then the next one literally pressed the top of my ears down like comedy big hat, oh. and they said there's nothing in between those two hats, uh, including you, so um, I had to go for the big hat. And basically just um, tense all day, tense my temples do, outwards. Do a lot of reading before you left the house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what I needed, what I, I had a white rabbit. <laughs> I needed was a, a pipe at the back of my head with a small jet of air, air blowing upwards. <laughs> But really, I kept it upright. But every now and again, I felt the ears flattening out as it... Um, as it. But when it got very... I was with uh, Victoria Corrin Mitchell and, and uh, two very nice friends of hers, Geoffrey and Neil, and I thought, um, 
when it got very sunny, we all shouted under my hat. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a little private apartment. <laughs> We've had some reviews in, having posted, of, of your uh, morning suit. I mean... And uh, top hat. Yeah. Of your, I'm getting married in the morning. I mean, tough mode. I think <laughs> you look fabulous. Thanks. Um, you know what Kat said to me? Mm. Some, women, some women would find you really attractive in that. <laughs> Hold on. I thought, this is why We're going to have to workshop this a little. <laughs> anyway, carry on. I don't know what to say. No, I know. I kind of love that she said that. Uh, Berkshire Blade says, I love Monopoly. <laughs> yes, there is a bit of that. There's a place, isn't there, in in town, in London, where you can play Monopoly sort of full-sized. I've driven past it a few times. Like outdoors? No, but it, I, it's indoors, I think. There's yes. a, I saw there's like a silver vintage car parked outside. Not really. <laughs> but I'm guessing... But a yeah. giant dog. But there's the exactly terrifying silver dog out the window. <laughs> no, it looks like you can go in and just be Monopoly, if you know what I mean. Oh, right. Oh, can we do that? Hello? Hello? I don't fancy. I've always hated Monopoly. Why? If I want to buy property in London... <laughs> no, no, that's a joke. Um, I just don't know, it's too long. It is, it's yeah. Too, I used to think I was too long, but looking back, it was nice. <laughs> I bet you chose the old Van Gogh boot. I um, I go for the top hat, actually, normally. Ah, yeah. That says a lot. Guess what I go for, no-brainer. Um, is is I can't remember what they are. Is it a shoe? Is there an elegant lady's shoe? It's, no. it's got to be the dog. It's the iron, actually. I know oh. my place. Oh, <laughs> the iron. <laughs> I told Victoria Corran Mitchell I expected uh, by about four o'clock yesterday to be drinking apple ties out of one of her slippers. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I imagined Royal Ascot was like for the teetotaler. <laughs> but having lost every race. We've also had uh, John Adams. Oh, mm, congratulations on your presidency. <laughs> um, yes, m'lady. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. Parker. Yeah. Home, me lady. Home, <laughs> Parker. Rigodon Rick says, didn't fancy utilising the leather crown. No, you can't wear that. I think that who can wear, who can wear a crown at Royal Ascot is quite... <laughs> uh, that's quite strictly observed. And no novelty crowns. I said to someone, are oh, William and Kate are here today, aren't they? And they said, well, we call them William and Catherine. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> all right. Wow. It's, um, I thought they called them the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, myself, but, you know. But anyway, we went out and watched that. I, by the way, my method of horse betting has always been things that mean, like I bet Kathy come home. Oh yeah, slightly oh. ironic to use the title <laughs> of a hard-hitting '60s TV drama about homelessness at Royal Ascot. But it was because my partner's called Kathy. Mm. That was that didn't work. Dark Moon Rising because um, my son just learned Bad Moon Rising on the ukulele. And looking back, it, it was always going to be an haphazard method of horse selection. <laughs> because the people I... One thing I'd say, pr the most, the biggest thing, the biggest culture shock is not the posh thing. It's people who are utterly, utterly obsessed with horse racing. So they know... <laughs> I mean, they know everything. Now, the thing is, you see, it lost the shoe in uh, March. <laughs> and it, I mean, it's really unbelievable. Frank... But, oh, it was a nice place. Can I just tell you this? The woman who I was giving my money to all day, at the end of it, said, I, can I have my photo taken with you? I said, do you have a wall of victims? Oh, <laughs> 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 impoverished-looking folk. Frank Skinner. Uh, may I briefly share this with you? Mm. It's from Paul, one of our regulars. OK. I really enjoyed the poetry pod. Frank does a poetry podcast. Whee! <laughs> Another reaction you didn't expect. OK. <laughs> On the Lady of Shalott. Quite surprised to hear that Tennyson's recorded voice sounds a lot like Marquis e. Smith. <laughs> Over to you, Frank Skinner. Well... 
Um, Alfred Lord Tennyson, who, um, even if you don't, uh, if not interested in poetry, you might have heard of him. He was like a very famous Victorian poet. But there is allegedly, and it's, it seems pretty well verified, a, a recording of um, of his voice, which seems incredible. Like it's like. You'd be amazed. It's like Florence Nightingale is recorded as well. Mm. So um, I tried to... I, I, I talked about this on the podcast, and he's doing Charge of the Light Brigade, half a league, half a league, on, half a league onward. And so I tried to represent the recording, which is kind of like... This. <laughs> And it's that's it. Um, <laughs> but it's, it sounds like it was recorded in situ. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's a uh, it's a great poem, but it does the recording doesn't Alfred, do it completely. Alfred, those effects are amazing. <laughs> it's funny that it sounds like the, the fall. It's a very funny. That's a fine joke. Oh, oh man! Dear. But it's worth having a look. Yeah, you'd be surprised who's uh, who's been recorded. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not I like favourite old recordings. I'd be up for that. Yeah, Florence Nightingale is trying to plug some scheme. Or other. What, is she like an influencer? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, guys. Yeah. Uh... yeah, I've just got these presents and I'm going to open them now. And, uh, hey, oh, another apodermic. Why is she American, Florence Nightingale, in this mic? Of course it won't even actually be. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I'm doing an unboxing of uh, some gauze bandages and uh, <laughs> more batteries for my lamp. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah, oh. check it out. Check it out. But that's not, I, I, I think he liked. I think he liked the podcast. Oh, he well. loves the podcast. Okay, Seaman okay. George Osborne. That's <laughs> my that's my uh, catchment area. <laughs> It's in your target market. Everyone uh, loves the podcast. Former, former chancellors is quite. You're not going to make any money out of that, are you? If, oh, if, I don't know. Ever, I think he'll find a way. Yeah, maybe <laughs> you're right. Oh man. Okay. Um, we got. Uh, sorry, we got Pierre Novelli with us today. We haven't really oh. remarked on it. Um, Pierre, I'm going to give you a little backdrop on Pierre. Um, we met because Pierre did a thing I used to do called The Rest is History, which was a sort of a show about history, but obviously with a comic bent. <laughs> and uh, and Pierre was on that, and we bonded on the Anglo-Saxons. Yep. And uh, I don't know if they still use the word support act. Is there, is there a fancier term for it? O- opener, if you're an American. So, yeah, so uh, he was my opener on the um, just 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 the fan mail uh, <laughs> he was my opener on my last tour so there you are how's it going Pierre uh, good thanks I, um, I've just come back from a, from a holiday in, uh, in Bordeaux of all places Bordeaux um, oh, oh find some music for him Frank oh <laughs> there we go I'm aware that for a man who's not French, I'm coming across as an extremely French man. Well, you sound Pierre, Pierre, and you've been to... Uh, sorry, that there was a terrible moment then where I was going to put the jingle on of French music, which we have. I don't know why we have that, but... I haven't had that a long time. That's because our original... Um, the man who first sat in your seat, Gareth yeah. Richards, mm. had a thing about who was he? It was Raymond Blanc. Raymond Blanc. And whenever he <laughs> cropped up, we used to hit that. It says French sting, which reminds me of uh, the aftermath of a holiday that I had there in the 90s. All right, fine. <laughs> uh, we'll come back to where we've reached that uh, that point where the producer, having, I just say, thrown herself across the... I've never um, seen it. I mean, so it really was extraordinary. It was, it was, it was like the, um, the witch trials of the, uh, <laughs> it was like Salem. She suddenly, she's there in a black frock and she flew across the room and pointed out that so, the old French sting <laughs> to me. Um, well, that was, I, I haven't quite got over it, I'll be honest. I can't, I'm really? I didn't know she could move that fast. Skinner. Absolute radio. <laughs> I don't like this from Ian McNaughton. Oh, yeah. Just, what? You don't like it, Uncle. Well, he's just said lottery winner. 
Oh yeah. No, that. <laughs> oh no, but that's fair because I did. I don't know if you know about this, Pierre, but I. I feel that one of the obligations of if you win the lottery, mm. if you take the money, you have to agree legally to wear a top hat for the rest of your life when right. out of door, so that people know what they're dealing with. Yes, that's fair. And and uh, question in terms of summer garb, with the weather being what it is, top oh, hat with shorts and a t-shirt. Anything, just the top hat. That's the badge. You're saying okay. to people, yes, I've got loads of money which I didn't work for, and. Um, <laughs> That's something to say. If, say if someone's got a, a buck, you know, got a bucket collecting for children in need, obviously they, they're going to make a beeline yep. for the top hat wearer. Mm. Top hat, a haircut around the top hat. I think that, that's their business. I, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to run some sort of nanny state here. <laughs> Anyway, so you were telling us some of oh, Pierre, yeah. and then we went elsewhere. I was in I was in Bordeaux, hence the oh, uh, yeah. old hits. Oh, mon oncle, mon oncle, mon oncle is um, not the thing that Mister Mister Peanut wears in his in his eye. Mon oncle, is, I've always loved is because um, I don't speak French, but I'd love to. Um, there's a Jacques Tati film, yes. my, and it's my uncle, obviously, but mon oncle is yeah. the word oncle. Yeah. The fact that somebody who was writing French originally yeah. thought that's, that'll be all right for uncle. Oncle. Yeah. Onc. That, that, oh, that word man. doesn't need any more syllables. No. We'll cut it in the middle of the hardest syllable to Pierre pronounce. has got quite a French exchange vibe today on the outfit fight. Yes, yeah. I've come to be dragged around the tube and stop at the top of the stairs. Well, Pierre's wearing shorts today, and Pierre's a yeah. big... I almost used to think on tour, when Pierre wore shorts... Oh, God. ..that he was too muscular to be close to. <laughs> Just, Do you know what I mean? In so, shorts, it really... It was like... It felt dangerous. It was like being locked... <laughs> it was like being in a lock... lock like with an unbroken horse in a, in a confined space. Too, too like he could kick, I felt he could kick out. I wouldn't walk behind him when he had them on. Not without blinkers. No, I felt he could <laughs> kick out and do quite a bit of damage. It's got these mighty legs. And, oh, man. Do you feel yeah. yourself saying you have to earn his respect? I just... <laughs> I am, um, honestly, he, he looks... You know those uh, fleas can jump like... Uh, the yes. equivalent of jumping over a, a block of flats because they've got mm. such mighty legs. You're that's the... what... That's what Pierre looks like. You it. are joking. <laughs> Pierre could jump onto into a seventh floor balcony. <laughs> With a single bound. Flea. No, but flea. I'm on about flea. I'm on about the plus side of fleas. Is they're very yeah. strong legs. Yeah. I'm not. I, I know they can be an annoyance. But. But you know, res, you know, re, re jumping. Credit where credit's due. That's what I. That's what I. That's how I look at fleas. <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli is here with us this morning. You can text the show on 81215, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show. What about that for an idea? Via Frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. I don't feel like we've had as many in this morning. We have had loads. Oh, okay. We need to know... I want to know about Pierre's uh, French exchange there. Oh, yes. yes. <clears throat> French exchange. We should, we should on one of those things. Staying with a French family. <laughs> Congé voyagé à, à la France. Um, probably. <laughs> Mon oncle. Was he there? <laughs> I'm starting to think that when you see geese flying in formation, the person at the front is their uncle. They're going, Mon oncle. Mon oncle. <laughs> no, carry on. Um, well, before I do, Colin Reed commenting on your um, Royal Ascot uh, outfit, the thin controller. Oh, oh God, that's clever. Very good. That I is clever. Very good. What if I said no? I had some wasting disease and made him feel really terrible. <laughs> I haven't. I'm all right. As no. far as I know, who knows? Yeah. I'm checked. Jean, Jean Holland, you look so smart, dear Frank. That's from Jane Austen. <laughs> yeah, that's very nice. <laughs> Lovely. Nice. So what happened um, in Bordeaux? We, does it stay in Bordeaux? Well, <laughs> we, were, we were there for a, a, a friend decided to have um, a, the most convenient <laughs> version of a destination wedding and we decided to stay on. And we made, 
I won't say mistake, but I would say brave decision. Who's we in this story? Myself and my partner. Oh, okay. The the GF. We made the decision to do a wine tasting in Bordeaux, as one should, I suppose, yeah. but in about 40 degrees. Oh. Sort of a little Ooh. wine tour. Okay. <laughs> and I will say at stages it felt like a French Foreign Legion initiation. <laughs> <laughs> What were you there to forget? I suppose you would you would forget of quite a fair amount on a wine tasting yes. uh, thing. I think it was the first wine tasting where everyone was much more appreciative of the water between sips. Yeah. How does it work? I've never been to a wine tasting. Well, obviously on waste ground, but they're less they're less organised. I'm sure you did a lot of spitting out. <laughs> well, not deliberately. Uh, anyway, so what, how does it work? Well, you you sort of led into a, a, a cellar by a, a sort of tour guide figure, <laughs> okay. a sort of shepherd figure, and you stand at a sort of awkward semicircle around them while they extol the virtues of this or that very small quantity of wine. Yeah. And you all have to sort of sip it. There's a lot of sipping and nodding. Do you do that sort of... <laughs> And all yeah. that weird stuff. There was one guy who was very against us trying to do that. Okay. He, before he'd even had anything poured, he said, don't do it if you don't know how to do it. He was almost preemptively furious. Was this a bloke who was a, 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 an authority figure or just one of the one of the semicircle? <laughs> Stepped in, arms yeah. wide. He was the wine tasting guy. Oh, oh well, that's fair enough, I think. Because I think, you know, you've got to protect your uh, he, he spoke with the, the jaded aspect of a man who'd been spattered. Yeah, I know I can see that. Yeah. And also, yeah. if you can do it, it must be annoying watching people go, <laughs> if they know what they're doing. Yes. Yeah, dribbling down themselves. Yeah. He was French, yeah. was he? There was a lot of, they were very French. There were, there were different guys in, in, this, in the different cells. Very French. Very French. There were some great... Oh. How did you find that? I, I define it by... Très Français. Okay. By the strength of the comedicness of the French accent. Okay. Um, well, did they say good morning? <laughs> we, we were did in, they say hockey hall? Yeah, I'll be honest, one of them, we were in pretty solid good morning territory. <laughs> right. The things that grew on the vines were grips. Oh, really? Grips. Oh, grips. And they thrived because of the gravel. You know what we feel? You know what this feels like? We've found an accent we can legitimately do, <laughs> and we just can't leave it alone now. It's been, it's been a long time. It is. Whoa, man, a little walk down memory lane for the, uh, for the foreign accent comedy guys. Stretch those muscles. <laughs> oh, I've forgotten how good those foreign accents felt. <laughs> We've got one. Let's have one. Let's one keep one. One, which yeah. I think everyone's okay with. Yeah. I think it's. I hope so. Yeah, you know, I still think we've uh, we should have kept Concord. I'm I'm good with the uh, yeah. with the en Francaise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, we've got that. Out I've, I've felt I've even had to do a bit of justification, even on the French accent. But there we are. Well, more of this in a bit. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Anyway, we're in France with um, Pierre Novelli. Mm. That's right. Uh, but before we return to France, great uh, text in. Have to be honest, when I turned on the radio and heard I was led into a cellar, I thought Frank was back with his old friends in the S&M community. <laughs> <laughs> they don't redacted. have to be led. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so we're on this tour, going to various cellars and sniffing wine and sipping it and nodding and um, yeah we had uh, the grips the grips grow uh, oh, yeah. well due to the gravel and then yeah. the bit that blew my mind was um, he gestured at a, a sort of field and said as you can see the, uh, the wine trees what? and I thought are you telling me as a professional vineyard tour guide yeah who's fluent enough in English to have this job and has presumably done it for years, that you haven't quite come across the word vine. Yeah. <laughs> what in your life? Wine trees. Wine uh... trees. No. I thought, well, you've really skipped a crucial chapter of the vocab. No. Do you know what? I love wine trees. Yeah. I won't be saying anything else ever again. I, um, I, me and David Badil incredibly went to Portugal for golf lessons once. <laughs> And, Harry Kane uh, and the, friends. The guy there was. We had this very, very melodramatic um, teacher, mm. and he would say, um, "Can you Portuguese? Is that acceptable?" Yeah. 
Um, it, it, I, I don't know if I can do it, but he'd say, look, I'll, I'll, I'll teach you things here. I'll give you techniques. But out there, <laughs> out there, you must be inventive. And you must. And he'd gesture towards the golf course. <laughs> and honestly, it was like we were going out on some mission somewhere. And I kind of like, and I like the gesture towards the wine trees. The wine trees. It's quite romantic. I think golf and um, wine has got a bit of that people who find it very romantic. Mm. Yes, people are very... If you're into it, you're into it. Mm. Big time. As as I found out with horse racing yesterday, (laughs) really into it. Yeah. Yeah. I sat next to a woman. I said, are you interested in horse racing? And she said, "Uh, yeah. And I said, you know a lot about it? And she said, I suppose I do. And someone said to me after, I saw you talking to Lester Piggott's daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I had no idea. She never, she wasn't called. Then we had name badges. No, it's it's a different name. You know what happens with the ladies? Change their names, throw everything. (laughs) I will say that on the final section of the tour, there was a couple that had come in late. Mm. They only just got the last bit. And I initially thought I was hallucinating due to the 40 degree heat and a day of (laughs) sipping booze. But the guy who came in was, if you if you saw him cast in a play about Napoleon, yeah, you would <laughs> your jaw would be on the floor. It was like a drawing of Napoleon had come wow. in and sat next to me at a wine tasting in France. <laughs> I did genuinely did a sweep around the rest of the room. Really? See, is anyone else seeing that Napoleon has just come into what the cellar? What was he wearing? Yeah, dare what? I ask? <laughs> well, disappointingly, he's just wearing a sort of uh, bright orange T-shirt and cycling shorts. Okay. I think I look a bit like Napoleon. Do you? Yeah, a little bit. No, I've never um, <laughs> thought of that. Only a little bit. A bit. You know, I once got compared to Nigel Clough. I was okay with that. A little bit Napoleon as well. No. Not compared to this guy. Uh, yeah. Did he have the two <laughs> strands of black hair across yeah, his forehead? Yeah, but this guy had it because he'd been as late, he'd been sweating, and he had it, a little <laughs> Where strand. Where was his right hand most of the time? <laughs> I was asked that. Yeah. I asked, I, asked, I, said, I said, oh, where have you guys come from? And I thought, fingers crossed, St. Helena. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. But Germany. Oh, uh, okay. Very disappointing. Oh, that, is, that is a bit disappointing, but... Um, Wow, I'd like to have seen him. Couldn't you have took a secret photo of I, Napoleon? I was this close to sort of going, oh, shall we all get a photo as a group so we can remember yeah. this marvellous... You, you at the front, <laughs> Napoleon. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Give her the game away. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Okay. Someone said, you know, we put up that picture of you at Royal Ascot. Well, I wasn't actually at. I was on my way there. Okay, on your way to Royal Ascot. Yes, yeah. I said it right. <laughs> yeah. no, well, what I mean is, don't expect to see lots of elegant ladies and horses in the background. Rather, just no. But I was door. just distinguishing between Ascot, which some say, and Ascot. Oh, I see. I, I didn't believe. know that. What do you say? I was taught that by a posh person. What? What? what it's Royal Ascot. Oh, is it? And you don't say Royal Ascot. I mean, who cares? For goodness' sake, it's just the GGs. Uh, Catherine just says. I I'm surprised at the shoes. Why, I wonder. Yeah. And, uh, you don't get the and then shoes. she says, they look comfy, though. Oh, they were comfy. Well, that's what I went for. <laughs> yeah, but you can't, you can't say to someone, how do I look? Very comfy. No, but yeah. they just said, black lace-up shoes, that's yeah. what the rule said, so I went for me Ben Sherman's. <laughs> I think you look marvellous. Thank you. Um, thanks. I'm going to dress like it all the time now. <laughs> yeah. You told me the other week I'd found my look, and now here we are again. <laughs> anyway, what's it's, what's the, it's the more um, French Don La France? Yeah. yeah, sure, of course. Don La France, what a guy he was. <laughs> so we got to the Don stage La where... France sounds like some sort of drag act from the 1960s, doesn't it? You, that's his off-stage name. Yeah, a lot of fun. Good laugh, like to drink. Anyway. He might have briefly managed a regional football team as well. What, Don LaFrance? <laughs> yes. It's got a 70s manager name. Maybe. Anyway. Uh, an eccentric purchase. What happened with the, what did he call the, the wine trees? The wine trees? Hmm. <laughs> Um, well, we did our best to sort of pretend that we knew what he was talking about. Does does one drink uh, enough? I say one, that was for your Spanish, the Spanish leg of the thing. Uh, <laughs> does one drink enough at a wine tasting to get drunk? I think you, you definitely could, and then there's the matter of the spitting. 
Because yeah. these guys are doing it all day, so if they didn't mm. spit, I mean... Oh, I see. It's like... It could be found in the cellar. It's like poor Hollywood having just a tiny piece of cake yes. rather than a massive mouthful. Oh, I, that makes sense. I, I do wish Paul Hollywood had a big cake bin. He spat the <laughs> mouthfuls <laughs> into Oh, that'd be brilliant. I'd love to see that. Because it wouldn't all come with cake. It would You'd get the initial lump, yes. and then you'd get poor Hollywood going... <laughs> yeah, and there'd be bits on his beard, his immaculate beard. And also, oh, and they'd end up on Prue's but gla- what a, yeah. yellow glasses. Yeah. But until he turned, after the all the spitting... Did he turn? Think, I didn't did know he that. turn? <laughs> what, what happened? Until, until he turned. Yeah, he back. killed three people in a McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> did you not read about that? It was big news. Until he turned back to the contestant after the horrible spitting, you'd think, I don't know if he likes it. No, it would exactly. really ramp up the tension. He'd yeah. turn back and go, that it's was a, brilliant. It's well, a shame <laughs> Mary's not still on it. I'd like to see her do it over the spit bucket. Well, yes, she'd do it like a slightly disgusted aunt. I'd enjoy that. Yeah. Great aunt. Yeah. Oh, do you know? Oh. Right, yes. Yeah. So, well, it just tastes lovely. Excellent. <laughs> just excuse me. <laughs> Good day. Surprisingly guttural spitting yeah. from Mary. <laughs> With a how, sort of would, how do you think uh, Noel would do the spitting? I don't, I don't think he'd do it. I think he'd just uh, devour it. Yeah. Because uh, he's, he's sort of the living dead now, so I don't think he'd, be, he'd have to worry about... Um, Can't put on weight. Yeah, he's no. one of the night people. Yeah. 813, A up, you three. Um, how come it's... Uh, sorry, I didn't say that right. How come it's always wine that gets the t- excursions? Why don't we get trifle tasting trips or perhaps pie tasting weekends that, yeah, where we're presented a with a selection of wares to chomp on for a minute before they end up in a bucket? Yeah. Give That's from Andy Wood, mm. Bronte Country. One yes, of, our regulars, of course. The Brontes, that's Bramwell. Uh, I, uh, I went to Cadbury World. Oh, and, we go. Uh, Name dropping. You get a lot of free chocolate there. I'd hope so. Uh, well, you did in those days. Yeah, but what happens is you have a demonstration of it going into moulds and then you get some free chocolate. Then you go into the gift shop and this is fabulous and you're thinking, well, oh, I hate chocolate. <laughs> it's a real mistake. Put the gift shop at the front is you're my in the wrong place. They might have, but the fact, seeing people ride around, literally driving around in Cadbury's cream eggs on wheels. <laughs> I mean, it's all my dreams. It's like turtles. <laughs> if I was naked in that scenario that would be one of my actual dreams yeah oh my god not mine <laughs> <laughs> yeah you say that why do you not have the Cadbury cream egg cars so what do you think about this that Andy Wood thanks for the tip yeah from Bronte Country says the the excursion you know why is it wine that gets the excursions I, I agree with that. As someone who doesn't drink, and when I did drink, um, I didn't want to be sipping. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah. I, yeah, wine has got a whole thing around it, though. Yeah. Mm. I once talked to David Gower, the uh, England cricket superstar, about wine, and he knew all that. Did yeah, he? They really know. Yeah. God, they've got books on it. The wine I like they. The wine yeah. people. The wine people, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're sitting under the wine tray reading their wine book. <laughs> Having a wine gone, maybe. Yeah. It's acceptable. But, I mean, if you had that that kind of obsession over vodka, yeah. it would be considered a bit strange. Yeah, if you went on a vodka tasting, <laughs> I wouldn't expect to see that person for a week. <laughs> I mean, you'd lose your job, you'd lose friends. But as... as, as um, Andy Wood says it's uh, it, it could just be food. It could yeah. be um, dolly mixtures. I had some dolly mixtures the other week, for example. I got a bag, and very low on the jellies nowadays. I don't know if the jellies are more expensive to manufacture, but it was mainly the sort of uh, you know the candy, what, the chalky what? ones. Hang on, yeah, let me deal with this. What's these jellies business you're going on You know, about? in dolly mixtures, you get the little jelly uh, cone things. Yeah. Uh, like a gummy bear. No. That sort of material. <laughs> like a gummy bear? What, as in... Oh, I'm a gummy bear. No! Not like a gummy a bear. Jelly cone. 
hang on, Pierre, I'm coming back in. Okay. Dolly me... mixtures yeah. usually have these jellies with, with sugar on them okay, on the I'll, surface. I'll, I'll handle this one. <laughs> the pink and the, do you mean the things with the pink and blue dots? No, uh, no. Okay. I don't need those. You're thinking. Are you thinking of um, the licorice worst, all sorts? Yeah. No, no, no. I know what they're you mean. Isn't that dolly mixtures? They're much softer. No. Isn't that the same no. thing? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> dolly mixtures are. Is it candy they call that stuff? Yes. Dolly mixtures used to work in Madam Jojo. World's biggest candy war. I went into uh, M- the M&M store and it's a sign that says this is the world's biggest candy wall and if I was to write a list of suspicious boasts <laughs> that would be on it how has this been verified yeah. there was no mention of the Guinness record people world's biggest candy wall maybe mm. that's what I'm saying well a lot of the candy stores did you read that are being closed down they've been raided they've been raided because they're carrying a faux Wonka bars. Counterfeit oh, Wonka bars. Oh, you know what? We yeah. bought some uh, Wonka bars recently from a shop that looked uh, a bit dubious. Was it on Oxford Street? It was in the it was oh. in the environs. Well, you might have bought one of Slugworth's imitations. <laughs> oh <laughs> man! Yes. Is that the name? That's the name of the villain in the book. <laughs> is that, is that, <laughs> to steal. Wasn't he at Hogwarts? <laughs> I think there's a lot of Slugworth's name in too many Slugworth. children's <laughs> classics together here. Now we've got we, we had got one in the house. Oh, We're no. halfway through one. You better get rid of that's Didn't hot it? goods. The police have raided it. You've got a moody chocolate bar. You've then. got a moody chocolate bar. Oh, what does that mean? Are they dangerous? The 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 ingredients are not correct. Mm. It's a cheap chocolate. I that thought it was a bit weird that the golden ticket was to peppermint <laughs> rhino. <laughs> <laughs> We were talking about, uh, what are those sweets, Pierre, that Frank likes? Well, jelly tots, apparently. No, jelly tots is something different. <laughs> oh, people. What about what 312 said? Did you see that, Pierre? 312 says, Frank, for the love of God. Yeah. The jelly sweets in Dolly Mixtures are called jelly tots. No, they're not. Jelly tots are a separate brand of sweets. That's what I'm saying. We can't say jelly cones, though, can we? <laughs> no. Um, well, the orange ones look like cones. I don't know if they've got a name. I think the great thing about um, dolly mixtures is the closest thing to a, a communist society that's been achieved peacefully. I think that they, they have their difference, but they operate as dolly mixtures. They're not worried. They're not, you know, individuality is not an issue. Would you, be, would you be against it then if Dolly Mixtures tried to follow the, the M&M's thing where they sell one pack of just green or oh, just red? Well, the trouble is, as we were talking about this before, you get things like the yellow cube in Dolly Mixtures, but yes. when you bite into it, the yellowness is, 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 is just decoration. A facade. It tastes like oh, all the I other stuff. Can I just get something absolutely straight here? Okay. <laughs> How any of these Dolly Tots or whatever they're called... Are any of them flavoured at all? Yes, they're Is there dolly any mixture flavoured. characteristics between each colour. There's a pink. Apparently, that's not strawberry. I would say they all taste the same, and they taste it with a lovely texture. That's yeah. what's great about it. But the jelly obviously has a different texture because it's jelly. I think and not tots in brackets. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'd say the taste isn't plain sugar. There's something else happening there. No, it's but uh, uh, it's like if you imagined, if you discovered, if science discovered that clouds were really sweet. Yes. Eating them, I think uh, people might Is go straight. Poetry, people might go straight to candy floss, but I think Dolly mixes a bit more density in there. They're very satisfying. Mm-hmm. I had, I would say I gave my son about eight of a bag that I'd. 200 in and I ate the rest (laughs) did he get any jellies did he buffalo (laughs) there for dad (laughs) I think I might have eaten those once the producer had them in her 
Does one still get glove compartments? Yes, I like 12, you 15. do. Yeah. She had some, I think. I'm sure she had one of those. And I thought, what a strange thing to have in a glove compartment in I this mean, day and modern day and age. I mean, often when people of, a, of an age sit around talking about sweets, you get these <laughs> lovely stories. But of course, Emily's has to have to be given by a producer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's just corrected me. I've had a correctione oh, in Oh, OK. House. Why? What, what have you said? She just said white mice. <laughs> oh, I thought she was going to say she was an associate producer. <laughs> <laughs> white mice? She what about had white them? mice. I remember thinking it was something 70s. Oh, was it Sarah who gave I you the knew, sweets? Yeah, yes, this oh. producer. I knew white it was mice. something 70s. Gosh. And that's why I stored it away, no offence, Frank, yeah. as dolly mixtures. And it was white mice. Because have wow. you had those in a while, white mice? Yes. I, what I what? like about um, white mice is it's... <laughs> what I like? It's, the, it's chocolate that isn't quite chocolate. <laughs> you feel it's something... It, it isn't quite in the same postcode as, as chocolate, but it's quite adjacent. Chocolate's cousin. Yeah, you wouldn't have to get two bosses. You could get one boss to white mouse chocolate, but it isn't chocolate. I'd take my chances with a uh, Willy Wonka um, pirate bar, I think, over a whole bag of white white mice. That's a six-month stretch and chokey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> This is uh, Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli this morning. Text the show on 812.15. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the radio. Email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Apparently, Dolly Mixtures... I mean, I will stop going on about this. It's becoming rather obsessive. I appreciate that. And I don't want to stray too much in the into the territory of remember spangles obviously but no. dolly mixtures are made entirely of fondant and you follows up so in essence they're little cubes of cake icing oh that explains the texture is it cake <laughs> <laughs> that's frank's favorite program well we've we've finished it off this week we got we got we just mm, did poor the fa- poor Hollywood we did the cake. finale when is the next series coming who knows but wowie. Okay. What a programme. Have you seen it, Pierre? I've seen the the clips of it cutting into some shoes. and Oh, it's, it's the best programme. It's got all the sort of cheesiness of reality telly with genuine art. Oh, cheesecake. Yeah. I don't oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I talk to you both, please, about the winner of the man versus horse race. I'm not sure if either of you are familiar with this. Well, can I tell you something? Go on. Not only am I familiar <laughs> with this story, but I dropped it quite a lot in conversation yesterday at Royal Ascot <laughs> to people who knew so much about horse racing and didn't know about this. And so I'd swat it up a bit and I'd say stuff like, yeah, it's to do with the sweating process. I mean, really? Did I show these guys? They went away in so, but carry on. It's a great story. Well, this chat... So it's been... I mean, I feel we need to bow to you on this, Frank. You know your stuff with Man v Horse. I've become obsessed with it. Am I right in thinking it's been running since 1980, approximately? It's, yeah, I think this is the 41st year <laughs> of running, and this is only the third human being to win the race. Oh, God. Wowee. And what I love about it, it started from an argument in a pub. Oh. This bloke in 1979 said, I ran over a long distance, a man could beat a horse in a race. And now you just Google it up and say, no, the horse wins. And that would be the end of that conversation. Because there was no Google then. They talked and it went through the week, this mm. argument. The idea of an argument becoming an event like that, I mean, it couldn't have happened when I was growing up in Birmingham. I don't know how we'd have made an exciting event out of such arguments as, are you looking at my missus? (laughs) You couldn't really decide that by some sort of competition. It's the 41st year. (laughs) Exactly. 41st year of, are you looking at my missus? And only the third woman to win (laughs) in that period. 
But this, yeah, they had the argument and they they put it because there was no Google. <laughs> they put it. They mixing. actually put it to the test. What would the posh person's one be? Have you stolen my lacrosse stick? <laughs> <laughs> um, this. So basically, this is ex- it is extraordinary. Have you seen the medal, by the way? No. Oh, is the it- medal that you win. <laughs> Is a man and a horse really staring at each other from close <laughs> up in, in a confrontational fashion? Like a boxing weigh-in. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly like that. What I believe they call reckless eyeballing. <laughs> really staring at each other like you just wait till this race starts. Do you think they'd, uh, they'd considered at a point making it realistic and having the horse's head sort of side on, <laughs> yeah. given that it doesn't have binocular vision? No, no. No, it is. Um, that is true. But when horses give you the evil eye, you know about it. You know it. about it. It's well, like you know my, my terrible incident with the horse. I must have told you this. I, it, it became. Well, do, stand- do we want to hear about it this? It became a stand-up routine. <laughs> So I'll tell you. Uh, During what period of your life? Oh, not so long ago. Okay, good. Well, you know. Frank was quite blue when he was young. Now, this this would have been in the 90s. Lovely. Um, What happened with the horse? Well, I um, I don't have time. I'll tell you after. I'll do it very quickly because, like okay. I say, it is it is available on YouTube. I think. <laughs> um, but it, it, it binocular vision actually comes comes into this. <laughs> what that's supposed to keep people tuned in? <laughs> the, the binocular vision <laughs> teaser. Don't worry. <laughs> You had teased us with your equine anecdote. Well, uh, like I say, I'm not, I'm not going to give it the full the full wax. It was, I don't really like doing stand up on the show, but I'll tell you, um, this is actually what happened. I on the I was having horse riding lessons because I was going to do a um, Wild West holiday in Montana, and I couldn't ride, so I was going every week to the thing. And the the man. Would well, you know the man? Yes. Uh, they'd, he comes around. He'd make, you had to put your own saddle on the horse as part of your sort of learning process. So I put the saddle on, and you know the big strap that goes underneath? I yeah. got it tight, but I was like uh, one hole loose. So when I got on the saddle, I put my foot in the stirrup, the whole oh. saddle spun round and... Uh, forgive me if this is no longer an acceptable term, but I gave it what we used to call a Chinese burn. Yeah. With okay. the, and the horse looked at me. Oh, no. In the, this most terrible, withering look. And I stood there thinking, I realised I hurt it. And it leaned forward very slowly. I knew it was going to bite me, and I had time to move, but I remained rooted to the spot. And it bit me on my <gasps> upper arm slowly but with increasing pressure it really hurt <laughs> and the way it did it with the head round is it it was still looking at me <laughs> so it was biting me and at the same time this look was sort of you know why I'm doing this don't you it was really awful but I didn't move I took my punishment <laughs> And um, it's so but this very a human being could not bite something while still staring at it. So it's not really workable. But yeah, very clever. But that was it was scary. But I thought fair, firm but fair was I thought about that yes. horse. The horse wow. wasn't angry. He was disappointed. Oh, wow, anyway, wait. yeah, a man, a man. We should give the details. We of should. This. So this character is called the man who what? Nominative mm. determinism, possibly. Yeah. Yes, his name, Frank. He's Lightfoot. Ricky Lightfoot. Yes. Mm. As you say, he's the third winner. Yeah. About, yeah. It seems. It's. A, I should say it's over uh, twenty-two and a half miles. And um, he did it in two hours, 22 minutes. All the twos in this thing. I like that. You sounded very like a Wimbledon commentator having to fill there. But I'll tell you what the, can I tell you what the theory is? Can I, give, can I give you the, the deep background to this? Right. The, th- yes. the, the reason this bloke in the first place thought it would have to be over a long distance and it would have to be in warm weather. Mm. And it's to do with the sweating process. Mm. Although 
horses do sweat. You see them after races, they've got that frothy stuff. It's not like our sweat. It's sort of protein and fat and stuff coming out. But we sweat in order to cool ourselves. And horses, like most animals, rely on panting to cool themselves. And panting is not efficient over a long period of time. So if it was a sprint or you wouldn't have a chance over a mile, but over a long distance, the horse starts to suffer a bit more in warm weather because he's relying on pant, he or she mm. relying on panting. So that's, but even so, the horses usually win. I think yeah. there was a thousand well, human beings. You're around. Yeah, a thousand <laughs> human beings and 50 horses in this race, and this bloke beat everything. Oh, gosh. I can't tell you what I think's a little unfair about man v horse. Yeah. Okay, I will. Is it the number of legs? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what it is. It's the, the way, the premise of it, the prize pot I have issues with. The prize pot, this guy won three and a half K. Yeah. So far, so not that unreasonable. Seems yeah. okay. However, the person next year, if they win it, they'll yeah. get 500 pounds. Yes. Now, this is because... It builds up and builds up. It's like pointless. If someone yeah. wins it, it goes back to the, uh, the minimum. Yeah, yeah. But imagine if they did that at Wimbledon, like the, when Andy <laughs> Murray wins. The, yeah. Some British man enters it the next year. Oh, sorry, you've only got 500 quid because <laughs> the prize pot was taken last year. Is, yeah, is that, that's true. Is that to stop them being rinsed by Ricky Lightfoot? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The, yeah, the returning Ricky Lightfoot. <laughs> Bankrupting the race. Yeah, we'd have to be banned from the... Right, you know, these guys that, that win that win a lot at Blackjack and yes. they're told they can't play at the casino anymore. Yes, yeah, Lightfoot turned away. <laughs> yeah, so it's, I mean, I'd, I'd like, I don't know how it is as a spectator event over 22 and a half miles, but imagine if it had been, because he won by about two minutes, imagine a close finish between a man and a horse watching that. <laughs> that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Harder to win by a nose as a human. Yeah. <laughs> well, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're talking about, is it man versus horse, Frank, or horse v man? I think man versus horse sounds better, doesn't yeah. it? Okay. Terrifying. I don't know who was. I mean, who was there first, Pierre, in the uh, evolutionary uh, chronology? Oh, man or horse? Got a, it, ooh, which version of man? <laughs> well. I might have to go Neanderthal. Is that your, what's your favourite? Is that your favourite? It used to be. I the remember you days. saying that to me on tour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we had a lot of strange codes going there in that, in that tour van. You and your Masonic Lodge antics. Yeah. Oh, man. Can I tell you something that's slightly disappointed me? It doesn't show me in a great light. A lot of things don't. However... <laughs> I, when I first saw this, yes. I was really hoping, I was so hoping it was a riderless horse. Oh, Because okay. I, think they, I think they're chickening out a bit. Sorry to bring chickens in. Yeah. But I just think that would really up the stakes, wouldn't it? If it was just horses flailing around. Yes, I think more human beings would win then. I, uh, I was, I once. <laughs> but that, exactly. I was chased by a bull once, and I so, won. So are you in the Beano? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. But I've got to say, a bull is a great pacemaker. Yes. You, you really find out what you what you're capable of. Their motivational <laughs> skills, the pursuing bull. But <laughs> <They, they, laughs> that athletes should train with one of those at their heels. It's yeah. amazing what you can do. I ran up a fence with my hands full, didn't, and still got over the fence just with my feet like a spider. <laughs> oh my God. This genuinely Fear. happened outside of a cartoon setting. Yes, and I had a carrier bag in one hand <laughs> and an electric kettle in the other. Um, when you when you started motion, did you briefly leave behind a cloud of dust that looked exactly like you? Well, obviously my feet just went along on the <laughs> yeah. ground for yeah. the first bit before. I, it was absolutely terrifying, I must say. Thank God I'd had nine pints on my own in a pub in Kenilworth. Yeah, that's um, a. I mean, the only encounter I've had is with a wild boar. Oh, okay. Mm. He was terrible. Yeah. Awful man. <laughs> Tell us who it was after. You both know him. Um, but anyway, I just think the riderless horse 
would have well, changed it up a bit. Yeah. I know it's a bit Abraham Lincoln. No, I, funeral, I, see, I see your point. But still. Anyway, what animal could you beat in a race? Eight, twelve, fifteen. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's, I, it's very interesting that the whole thing. I love the name Ricky Lightfoot. I did think it could be a competitor to your Eurovision entry. Yeah, <laughs> I think Life. so. No, it, it, he's oh, he's quite a guy. Apparently, he hadn't slept for like twenty nine hours before because he's coming back from Tenerife or somewhere and yeah. still beat a horse. <laughs> it's it's like the sort of thing that you'd read about from the era of Victorian eccentrics. Yeah, he beat a horse in a race and he hadn't slept. Yeah, if, if, after old, a Ricky, if old Ricky gets a really good eight hours in, man, they can line up the wildcats. <laughs> They're not going to catch him. What a guy. This is Frank Skinner. Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. And we've had some responses. To what animal could you meet in the right? It wasn't even a serious suggestion. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go on. We've had Iona Faz. She says, I can run really fast on my hands and feet. Wow. I reckon I could beat Raymond. She says, that's my dog. (laughs) Well, he's quite small, Raymond, but I I really... I mean, I spent most of the 80s on my uh, all fours <laughs> and I never really hit a pace mm. with them. I found it quite hard work. Yeah. Nick, a cow? I think I could beat a cow, could you? I think Nick might be assuming a lot there. <laughs> I've been... Um, on my many walking holidays, yeah. I've been through... Um, few fields. I've been through a few where they've got balls in the same field as a public footpath. Outrageous. Yeah. Um, but cows, um, if they got young, can be quite menacing. Yeah. Oh, really? And I, I think if you went, went over there brandishing something, uh, you, you'd find how fast the cow could move, yeah. You know, with uh, greyhounds, they've got that sort of rabbit or, or, or similar like that spins, the shoots hair. out ahead of head. The hair, the hair, the hair yeah. 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 What would that be for cows? Just sort of patch of turf. Yeah, that's it. Shooting that, away from them. Yeah, that's... What would it be? How could you motivate just, Is it just grass? Just a lump yeah. of grass, yeah. That'd be rubbish, yeah. wouldn't it? <laughs> I, I watched dog racing on the telly with my son and I said, uh, what happens is they all get put in boxes and then a false hare goes past on a thing and he went, yeah... I said, no, it honestly does happen. He just wouldn't accept it. Then when he came round, he had the most massive laughing fit. <laughs> because if you're approaching it from, like, nowhere, as children, I mean, yeah. what happens? Yeah. People go and put money on dogs chasing a false hare. And it's stuck in a very funny sort of hot, mid-sprint posture, yes. isn't it, the hair? Somebody referenced, actually, who I was talking to yesterday, that they knew the hair setter at a, <laughs> at a harrying guy or something like that. <laughs> the person who had to put it on the movable uh, perch. So you want to get it... If Obviously, if it comes off, the dogs stop mm. and of rip it apart. So it's got to be firmly fixed, the hair. And it's got to look enough like a hair to keep them going. The hair Just setter. saying... Yeah. Do- Douglas Ashington. Good name. A sausage dog over rough ground. Yeah, I can see that because it would undulate. It'd be like racing the man from Atlantis because mm. it would do that up and downy thing. I just did the gesture with my hand. Unhelpful on radio. <laughs> Darren Fordham. If I had a triathlon with a shark, I love that song. <laughs> I'd win the running, the shark would win the swimming, (laughs) so it would all come down to who's quicker on a bike. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you've got to get through the swimming bit now. That's the problem, isn't it? I mean, I would, honestly, though, if they had, like, Komodo, a man v Komodo dragon, come on. No, that would be terrifying. (laughs) You've only got to get one nip from a Komodo. Once the, uh, the poison's in your thing, then that would slow you down and then it would devour you. Yeah, but yeah. that's all the fun of the fair. I've come to think of it, I've got a voucher for a Komodo dragon experience <laughs> at London Zoo. I haven't, I haven't actually spent yet. Sounds like a trap to me. Is it with I've, an undertaker? I forgot about it, yeah. I enter with a padre. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Do they ask you to come in the morning suit and the top hat, just ready for the <laughs> no, burial? No, they ask you to come in a shroud. <laughs> I'd forgotten about my Komodo dragon voucher. Leave it. That's someone who's got too much in their life. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Lee 
has been in touch. Mm. If it was over a long distance, a cat, because they'd get distracted and walk off the race the racetrack. Yeah, because they can shift cats when they have to. I saw mm. one chasing a squirrel once when I was running, and uh, the squirrel was flat out, and yeah. uh, there wasn't much in it. I wasn't completely convinced it was going to win. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, a cat would never keep it up for 22 and a half with their... Um, a riderless cat. Yeah, well, <laughs> a riderless... A cat with a rider... Can I have that at my funeral, please? Say if you got something like a mandrill on the back of a cat. <laughs> yes. You know, a, a, dis, a strict disciplinarian ape. Um, I think you could, a, a cat could uh, surprise itself. I'd like, to, I'd like to race against the dark, just for the aesthetics. I've been to dot racing in uh, the Godswolds. <laughs> Oh, yes. Well, Winchcombe. It's a, it's a regular event. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Um, How I, is it? It's, you know what? I really enjoyed it. No. Um, but don't give me the bill, as the old joke says. <laughs> well, Sharon, Sharon Willis says, depends what type of race, egg and spoon, I could take on most of them. Oh, that's true. But I did oh. think a duck, spoon in bill, <laughs> egg clenched. Yeah. There's a chance. Yeah, you could have egg in womb yeah. and uh, and spoon just um, gaffer tape round the uh, carcass. <laughs> <laughs> that way you could avoid any any flight, any flight cheating. True, yeah. If you went right round the wings with Technical it. victory. Yeah. Be an interesting about? spectacle, the bound... The, the, uh, the bound duck race. The bound duck race. <laughs> <laughs> what about at school there was always a cheat wasn't there in the in the ENS yes. race mm. you know what they did Frank do you know what they did Pierre I knew go on they kept the thumb mm -hmm. fixed on the egg unforgivable <laughs> <laughs> lifetime yeah. marked yeah that's the person that who's going to be uh, texting <laughs> under the table at a pub quiz 20 years later absolutely Again, uh, unforgivable. What would you least unforgivable. like to do? What, what would, would I least like to do? That'd be a great texting. <laughs> 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 Can you imagine some of the terrible <laughs> answers we'd get to that? Oh my god! <laughs> I'm not even going to speculate. Pandora's box. I might leave that open. I was going to finish it, but you know what? Let's leave it there. <laughs> yeah, that's Let's next, leave it. Can I say that is not a texting and I do not want any answers to what you would least like to do. I do. Definitely not. Episode four, I'm going to say, of my poetry podcast is out on Wednesday. I'm doing Claire Pollard this week. It's all mermaids and stuff. Ooh, love it. Catch up on all previous episodes wherever you usually get your podcasts. Um... Uh, Pierre, great having you on. Um, it's I, I find we get on as well in a studio as we do in the back of a van. <laughs> I think that's true, yeah. Uh, how many people can say that? So, um, <laughs> if the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. Now, get out. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio.